0: Hi. Hi. I'm here with Jeffrey Fish. <laughs> can you just introduce Fishbine, yourself? Yes. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it just okay. fine. Okay. Hi. I'm here with Jeffrey. Hi. Jeffrey Fishbine. Jeffrey
1: Fishbine.
0: Yes. <laughs> I've been having a hard time saying your name because I've known you for so long. Yeah,
1: people but use I... fish bean all the time, but.
0: Yeah. Or I just call you Fishy. I just call you Fish.
1: Yeah, people remember Fish better than Jeff.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But we've been friends for a while. I call you my sole friend. Yeah. Because I see you everywhere.
1: And we run into each other all over the place.
0: Yeah, but not as much lately because...
1: Neither of us live in Uptown.
0: Yeah. Now we have to put in the work to hang out. Ugh.
1: It's still nice to see you.
0: Yeah, no, it's nice. But, um... So Jeff is a musician, and you put on the show Only Every Monday, which is only every Monday for like what, seven years?
1: No, it's, it's almost, well, it's 10, 10 years and like 20, 25 weeks right now. <sighs>
0: Ten years. Okay, so I'm old.
1: (laughs) It's been going on forever. Me too. I never thought it'd go longer than two years.
0: Are you in like 507?
1: 577 is this coming Monday.
0: 577. Okay. Um, That's exciting because, first of all, I always thought it was really cool that you keep track. Mm -hmm. Like of how many days. Like 577 shows you put on. Doesn't that just make you feel...
1: Oh yeah it uh it's mostly a selfish thing, like I like having a room full of people to play for, yeah, but everybody thanks me for it, and it just keeps going. I mean, if it goes every week, every six days, you got another one. yeah, so it just it just keeps moving along. I love that and I have a really good time with it, and it hasn't become not fun, so
0: yeah have you now, okay, so we let's get back to this Monday thing they do. So, well, let's shout it out. First of all, it's at Acadia. It's at
1: Acadia, and uh, it's on the corner of Cedar and Riverside in the heart of the Minneapolis West Bank. Um, yeah. And they're under new owners because I started the show there a long time ago in March of 2010. And we did it for four and a half years there. That's crazy. And then we moved to Reverie. And then we moved to Pimento Jamaican Kitchen. And then COVID happened. And then we moved to the caboose for the patio last summer. And then I needed a place for winter. So Acadia was under new owners and they're really nice people and it's a really nice place.
0: That's so cool. Um it just blows my mind that you that but i do i want to circle back to your only every monday but i want to talk about you for a minute so i want to talk about what what kind of music you do
1: well it's it's interesting i uh don't really know what i'm doing i finger pick and i loop my finger picking lines and play over them play over the loops reversed and backwards and forwards and flip them backwards and forwards and it's a lot of fun. I really don't know what I'm doing. I tell people that. People ask me for lessons all the time. And unless you really know what you're doing, you won't, like, there won't be any communication as far as what's going on. Yeah. Because I don't know. I
0: just... <laughs> well, I just took pictures of you um, maybe a month ago now um, at a show. And I really liked your photos the most because you're really into what you're doing like you have your eyes closed you're feeling it it's almost like it's you and the music and the room's not there
1: well I've said I've said this to people before but I kind of imagine so it's like a it's like a long beam of light and I'm a little ball that's rotating around it as I go when I'm playing and as long as I like as long as I keep my concentration, I can keep that rotation going and everything flows properly. But if I uh, close my eyes when I'm doing it, like it, the ball starts to go further away from the light, and it starts to become real—I don't know how to really explain it—but it becomes really fun. The further away you go, when I open my eyes, like I sometimes I stumble because I have to get back on that. But wow. I could like. It's a really, it's a really, I'm doing stuff with my hands to illustrate it, but it obviously that obviously isn't coming out. Yeah,
0: that is so cool.
1: It's a lot of fun. Whatever it is that I'm doing, I just have fun with it.
0: That's so cool.
1: And yeah, it's, it's still so much fun wow. and I'm still learning so much
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just happy to be doing it.
0: Yeah. Now, um, tell me how you got started.
1: Well, there's, there's a story. I want to wanna it. hear this
0: story. I'm so excited.
1: So I guess, I guess you called call it my story. It's from my point of view. But, um, so when I was younger, I only wanted to do sports. That's all I did. There's no drugs, a straight edge. Um, there was no smoking. I was just going to be a professional football player. Is what I wanted to be. Oh wow, and a I football played, player! Wow. I played football, basketball, baseball, and ran track. And I don't know. I didn't have a lot of connections, friends. I didn't. I had something in my head that didn't work right mm-hmm. when it came to just communicating with people. And I guess I just thought that was going to be the way it always was, and I just worked a lot on my, my sports and that was all I did. And I really wanted to play football and I really wanted to take it to the next level. And when I was, I started school when I was younger, so I was 15 when I was a junior in high school. And during that year after the football season, the coaches all took me into a room and they said that I got more letters for college than anyone in the history of my school. And really? so I w- they were going to have me quit all my other sports and just focus on football. And I went home that day. And on the way, I ran, into this, I ran into this kid that I knew, but I didn't really know. We'd never hung out or talked or really or anything. But I knew him from, from playing football. And I was like, can I buy some pot from you? <laughs> and he's like, you don't smoke weed. And I said, maybe I do. And uh, so I ended up... Ended up getting some from him and I went home and I smoked pot and came back to school the next day and quit everything and decided something clicked the second I did something like a light switch went on in my head where I was able to talk to people and I was able to just
0: from smoking weed
1: yeah I'm pretty sure it's why I back it so much it's why I've always been so supportive of it and I'll never really change that because whatever happened, changed everything in my life. And although everybody told me it was, a, I was making horrible decisions and I was screwing up everything, yeah. I just knew that I was doing the right thing for myself. And, you know, obviously that going down that road, a lot of bad things happened. but, uh, I started drawing, listening to music, making friends. Eventually, towards the end of high school, I started picking up a guitar mm-hmm. and it was it was around that time that I uh, kind of was making a decision what do I want to do like with the rest of my life? like I need to sort of start going in a direction, and I knew it was going to be something smoking pot, which was a weird which is a weird thing to like include, but I just knew that it had to be. A career choice that allowed for that, so I decided I was going to be an artist, and I was just going to paint pictures and i the year after high school, I just painted pictures and I painted hundreds and hundreds of paintings
0: Wow, hundreds
1: hundreds and uh can, well,
0: can I ask you a question? You seem like the type of person where when you decide something, you go full in
1: well, if it feels right there's you know a lot of decisions i'm not 100% sure on yeah but there's
0: something
1: there's something that's it's like it's in my head somewhere where there's just a switch that goes yeah and if that goes then like like i just go yeah i do i you guess go i with go it. full yeah. into it regardless of what the consequences are for it
0: Okay, and, so uh, so you made uh, hundreds of paintings.:
1: I made hundreds of paintings, and during that time, I was also playing guitar, like while I was taking a break, like I would wake up in the morning and I'd go to the edge of my bed and I'd just start painting. Wow. And there were other substances involved in my life at that time.:
0: Sure, psychedelics: that,
1: or? Yeah, well, always that there were other there were some there were some other things using a lot of speed when I was younger.
0: Oh
1: no. yeah, it was it was a good, a good long period of time. We'll get back to that. That's
0: okay. I didn't mean to bring If That's you don't, okay. you don't have to talk no, about it.
1: No, I was you... more than happy. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, so I would take breaks from painting and just play guitar. And so that year when I was 18, I just played guitar and painted constantly. And eventually it kind of shifted to me playing guitar more like the percentage of how much I was using my like, energy and my time changed yeah. from painting to playing guitar. And I got good enough where my friends, this band Pleasure Paws, from uh, St. Louis Park, it was Jimmy, Yoni, and Royce, and uh, they started this weekly show, oddly, on a Monday, at the Bon Appetit. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have an opener for for the first show, so I said, I'd love to, and after we did that first one, they were like, do you want to just open up all the shows? So I opened up. For two years i opened up all their monday nights and yeah it wasn't cool it crazy was incredible it, well it was a good thing and a bad thing because i was just i was just getting really started with drugs and playing guitar for about a year mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they had they had a big crowd they had like a hundred people that would come out to see them so i would get this room full of people and i just thought i was a rock star you know, I'd been playing guitar for a year, and I was always had a full room of people to play for, and that led me down. I, a, I I can't really remember what it was like to be me back then. Yeah. But I know I was really arrogant. I really didn't understand how to be in music. I just thought I was the best.
0: Was and that was that involved with people, speed? Um, yeah, and
1: just a lot of other things. I just didn't really understand.
0: Yeah. But sometimes drugs can give you a false, uh, like, ego. Yeah, it
1: definitely did. And I ran with that as hard as I could. And I had all this stuff to back it up, which wasn't the best thing in the world. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I started playing music every week.
0: It's so weird for me to hear you say. You're like the nicest person I know.
1: Oh, I was arrogant and as hell when what? I was younger. it was you crazy. such a
0: down-to-earth person. There's so many
1: people, I'm sure, that still don't talk to me because of how yeah. I was when I was in my 20s.
0: Actually, I can I just say that I I used to take Adderall in my 20s, and I was the same way. And I get it. And I don't yeah. think... The I think best. there's some people that don't talk to me because I didn't care. I just you don't care what people think. And yeah. I mean I don't now, but I was a I'm not an asshole anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've learned I've learned a lot from then. Anyway, I went to it got hard enough, like when Pleasure Paws stopped doing their Monday thing and I was just I was just full blown. I was gone into drugs mm-hmm. and uh, I needed to stop. I just, at some point in time, I was like, I love playing music. This is all I want to do. But this has become a problem yeah. to the point of where like, I'm not doing anything productive anymore in music and it's just a drug thing. So I got away from it and I moved to a place So you shouldn't move to get away from drugs because I moved to Florida for six months.
0: Ooh, so how'd that go?
1: I mean, it was all right. I did. I'd started a show out there. Oh, well, fun! And I played a lot of music. I wrote a lot of songs. Kind of isolated myself, cause yeah, being around the people in Florida doesn't do a lot for getting away from stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. Where in Florida?
1: Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Mm. So. Yeah, no. I mean, it's kind of it's nice, trashy, nice. <laughs> um, I love the ocean. I love the water.
0: I love it. I bet that that, um, fueled you creatively.
1: It did. And I wrote a lot. And I really need to go back at some point in time because I love to play music outside. Mm. And being in Minnesota, I only get about three or four months a year where I'm able to do that. So I do need to eventually move down to a warmer place. Yeah. So I can play more. Yes. But uh. Yeah, so I came back after, I think, six, somewhere in between six to eight months down there. And, yeah, I just, uh, it took a while to get clear of yeah. drugs in general. But I made a decision that I really wanted to follow through with, and I, I did. And by the time I was 24, I was done done with all of that stuff. And... It was, it was a good change. Then I discovered how difficult it is to just be a solo musician in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. because although we're a great musical town, there are a lot of venues and there are a lot of great bands and performers, but there aren't enough people to just have full venues everywhere you go, unless you do a lot of work to bring people out. Yeah. And uh, so I played a bunch of shows that were, you know, to like five or six people. And um, I came out with my first CD around that time. Cool. I recorded it at the Playhouse with oh, Drew Misick, yeah. Um, before that thing burned down. And uh, that went over pretty well. And one of those CDs found its way to... Uh, Ben Berg, who was in this band Vertiform and another band called Hydrologic Mm -hmm. back then. And he was phenomenal. He still is phenomenal. He's a great musician. And um, he came out to see me once, said he'd had my CD. And I had started going in to record a second CD. Mm -hmm. And he showed up at the Playhouse and was like, I just quit all my bands. I'm going to play with you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'd love that. And then we started Human Boy.
0: Human Boy?
1: Which was... I've
0: never heard of that.
1: See, that's, that, was, that was something that was very special. Around 2000, see, this is before Facebook ever existed. And this was when MySpace was the new thing. Um,
0: what year was that? Like
1: 2005, 2006. Okay, six. yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was Electronica. With finger-picking acoustic guitar. Yeah. And it was really good. <laughs> we, wrote, we wrote a bunch of songs. And we, uh, we started putting them out on MySpace. And yeah. within, like, six months, we had something like 30,000 MySpace fans.
0: What? That's a lot. Yeah,
1: it was crazy. It was I don't really, know, you
0: could have that many MySpace fans. It was
1: crazy. Can it, we
0: still find Human Boy?
1: Um, you can. You can. I have, a, I have the album up on YouTube under my YouTube, it's a... Oh my gosh, I want to...
0: What kind of music was that? Electro- no.
1: Electronica. Of course. With okay. finger-picking acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah. And we had uh, Brie Harthen. We brought her in and she killed it on vocals. And she sang and she played some keyboards with the oh, band. And then cool. Ben and I had both agreed that this, this sound guy that we had had randomly at Five Corners then turned into the Nomad. Oh. Um, his name was Ryan guanzen and we both like, I was, we were talking about who our best sound guy ever was and we both came upon his name and it was like, it was just this serendipitous thing where Bree got booked at the nomad and I got a call from a booking agent saying that because we had Ben and I had booked a show there Mm -hmm. and. They double booked us on the same night. Oh, wow. Like we, we knew each other, but we didn't, we weren't that close or didn't really know. So I called them up and asked if we could like share the bill. And they said, okay. And Ryan happened to be doing sound. And so it was Ben, mm-hmm. Ryan and Bree and me, we were all there. And uh, we told Ryan that we loved his sound and we wanted to make him our permanent sound guy. And after this, he he loved the idea. And then after listening to the music for a little bit, he was like, you guys need a drummer. I'll play drums. So he became our drummer. And that was Human Boy. It was uh, me, Ben, Bree, and Ryan.
0: And we released
1: our CD in 2007. And uh, it went really well. This was right around... I do have a story for this because it was going really, really well. Like Volkswagen had contacted us about doing a 31-state ad deal with one of our songs. Oh, wow. And people were asking us all over Europe to, like, they were like, we have places for you to stay and places for you to play. All you got to do is get over here and we will set you up on a tour. And we were thinking about a lot of things like that. Like, there was people in other cities I would like, this girl in high school in Pennsylvania that really wanted the lyrics to one of our songs to do in her talent show. Wow. Like stuff just all over the world. We were getting requests like that. And uh, meanwhile, like, the band dynamic, we weren't getting along very well. Oh, no. But it was really starting to take off. And I had reached out to Cities 97 about their local show and doing something with their, they had something called Studio C Mm -hmm. And I sent them some of our music, and they sent me an email right back, right when they got it, saying that they need to get us in as soon as possible. And they love it, and they just want to do it. What? And they said, can you book some shows to go along with us doing a Studio C performance? And I said, yes, I'll get right back to you. And two days later is when I sent them an email saying I have... I booked a show at the Varsity for us with a band of the Whisper, A Whisper and the Noise. I booked a show at the Triple Rock with Pleasure Paws, and I booked a show. I booked a weekly ongoing show to start, all in the same week. These three shows were going to go on. Wow! At the Four Hundred Bar. Yeah. With Dr. Dog. Like there's, it was one of the bigger shows that we played. Wow. But during those two days, Cities 97 got bought by Clear Channel, and they decided they didn't want to do any more local things. What? Or they cut all their local like programming down to, like I think they were doing like one hour of local shows, where they used to do a whole day. And um, And uh, so when I sent them that email saying, I have these three incredible shows, yeah. plus a weekly show that's starting, we're going to yeah. do every Wednesday at the 400 bar. Um, I never got a reply and I still want to talk to those guys. So Brian mm-hmm. Oak, Brian Turner and Jason Nagel, if you're out there, yeah, I still want to talk to you about that <laughs> because I never did hear back from you. <laughs> and it was after those three shows that we kind of broke up as a band and no. me and Ben kept doing the 400 bar thing. We played some great shows. We played with like, uh. What was her name? Caroline Smith. Yeah. We played with the White Rabbits from New York. Wow. Because that first show we played with Dr. Dog was incredible. Wow. They're, 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 they don't play smaller places like that anymore. They'll play First Avenue if they come to town. Yeah. As the smallest place. And probably next time they'll go bigger than that.
0: That's so cool. And you got to play with them. Yeah. Wow.
1: They actually, they, act, they said they had another show in St. Cloud the next day. Yeah. And they're like, if you drive down there we don't have an opener. Oh. But for some reason I do this a lot where I uh I turn down really, really amazing, unbelievable opportunities for no reason other than I just don't feel like it right now. What? And so I was like, No, I'm just gonna stay here. <laughs> so I should have. I know is that, that I should have. And I'd love to talk to those guys again too if they ever want to do that sometime. But they probably have a list of a thousand bands that Shout are them out. dying to play with them. Yeah. But yeah, so I turned that down and human boy kind of broke up around that time. And it was, mm. was kind of cause we were breaking up. Like mm. that was the last show we played with Brie and I was kind of depressed about that. Aww. And like, I've never gone through a band breakup before.
0: Oh, must be hard.
1: It's, I had to, people who don't know, just imagine each different person in the band, it becomes this immediate heartbreak mm-hmm. like a relationship breakup except it's times three or four or five or however many people are in your band wow like it hurts in a lot of ways and it is very depressing and uh so i spent i was around the end of 2008 or 2009 early 2009 when we really stopped and i just stopped playing music for about a year then oh wow and then i bought a looping pedal and I started playing guitar again.
0: That's where it all began. And
1: then a few months, few months after that, I uh, went out to this bar. That is a good story, actually. Yeah. I went out saying, I need to do a weekly show. I'm not going to do this where I go through the...
0: Process every time. Of,
1: like, booking a show, booking bands, making a flyer, printing it off, promoting it to, like, ten people in... Yeah. Having to start over every time. So I was like, I want to do a weekly show again. And I remember driving. I had gone to Acadia before. And I just was like, I'll start there. Mm -hmm. I'll just go there, get a burger and fries and a beer. And I'll think about where I want to go check out. And I was thinking like the Kitty Cat Club. And I was thinking the 331 Club. But I went to Acadia. And I was like, I think it was a Sunday. No, it was was it a Sunday yeah I had sent them an email bringing up this idea because I sent all those bars an email bringing up this idea and I went out to Acadia to talk about it and then I it was a Sunday and I said who does your music on Mondays and they said nobody we don't usually have music on Mondays so I said okay and uh I booked the show right there. Like I booked a couple bands to come out. Yeah. And the sound guy that I knew was doing their sound on Sunday night, and I told him, without talking to the owner at all. Like I'd only sent him an email, and he was like, "Well, that's yeah. interesting. I'll well, think about that. We can sit down and talk." But I wasn't gonna go through the process of like, I just don't like those processes. So right I decided. Right then, I was like, I just walked up with the sound guy and I said, hey, I'm doing music here Mondays now. And he's like, oh, I'll come in and set up for you tomorrow. Oh. So without letting the owner know, I just booked a show and we played a good show. And then I got an email from him the next day being like, what the hell are you doing? Uh-huh. Like, You're not allowed. Like, we didn't even talk about this. We have no. And I was like, well, I understand. I can cancel. I booked three more shows the next three weeks i can cancel them if you want until we sit down and talk and he's like just do them so we oh eventually sat down and talked but i that's how i started the mondays was just sort of oh. taking it and deciding <laughs> that i was gonna do it that was i nice love thing. that
0: so did you did you go set up and play before or he's like what are you doing so yeah like, you did a whole show and they're like wait what
1: yeah no i just brought this i told the sound guy that i was doing mondays and so he just came out and set up for the show and the owner didn't happen to be there, so <laughs> we just did it, and that's where Monday started.
0: That's hilarious, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Was he pretty mad? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, he was okay with it.
0: Because you're like, no, I booked a bunch, and that's money for them, right? That's like, okay.
1: And they decided to go ahead with the shows. I love it. Yeah, it took a little bit to get going, but that show really was something. It's still yeah. going on today. That was March of
0: 2010. No, no. Okay, tell me, after Acadia, you moved to, like, tell me where you all have been.
1: Well, I, the owner of Acadia and I, so we did a festival there called West by West Bank. Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. I did that with Joe Scarpolino and Bobby Patrick, and we had some great bands. Kind Country, I Like You, Itis, Dosh, a lot of good bands. Cool. And, um yeah to had dead Larry and well else? So there was a bunch of good bands but cool. I, uh, um, I don't know me and Ted just didn't see eye to eye and we sure. were really we really uh weren't getting along and it was it just it came up to week two hundred and forty nine was last Monday, I think of twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen can't remember the dates exactly but it was week 249 was okay. the last one in December sure and I had a really good show for the first one in January with John Wayne and so I just decided I was done with Acadia yeah. and I set up I was looking at a few places and my friend Mikey who owns a boiler room coffee on third
0: yeah.
1: Um, he also owned this place, The Nicolet on uh, Nicolet and Franklin.
0: Yep, that's where I first saw you.
1: And because he was there and he had lived next to me in this place, th- in this apartment that I had lived before, and I knew him and his brother, um, I just decided that was the best fit. Yeah, also because it was kind of like a screw you to Ted because it was the old location of Acadia before they had moved to the Cedar Riverside spot and they still had Acadia painted on the outside wall on the brick.
0: Oh Yeah.
1: And I thought that was a nice way to just be like screw you. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so we moved there and a few months after we had some really good shows there, but a few months after we moved there, Acadia got bought by Reverie. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: And Reverie. Came in is, is a wonderful place and they really fixed the place up nicely. But one of the part owners was a roommate of mine from before named Heath, who he booked all the metal music because Reverie was mostly a metal bar oh, yeah. for music. But because I was there, he was like, You can do Mondays. Oh, so fun. Only every Monday survived and did every Monday the entire existence, Reverie mm-hmm. was there. And we had great shows there I can't I mean I just can't tell you how exceptional those were. Anybody who played those shows remembers Aww. that we just we killed it there yeah and uh eventually reverie was closing because they uh they weren't they were moving to a place that didn't have a stage in music oh sure um, their lease their lease came back after a year and they just didn't like the setup they didn't like the changes Mm -hmm. that were made in their lease, so they decided they were done with that place. And so we all knew it was ending, but on the last Reverie show, I just remember, I have a picture of it, there's 30 people kneeling down or sitting on the ground in front of 30 people, like, sitting behind them. Oh, my
0: gosh. In
1: front of 30 people standing in front of, and then there was a second level, so then there was another 30. It was just all the way back, there were these lines of, like, 30 people. And it went to the far it went to the oh. very back window. There was like hundred and fifty people in that place. And it was a nice send off for a really good show. And then we moved to Pimento.
0: How do you okay wait, how does how did that make you feel being in front of all those people? Would oh, that be your biggest crowd or no?
1: Um I've had bigger uh, the first human boy show.
0: Oh I bet. The human boy probably had huge shows. The
1: first human boy show at the Kitty Cat Club was one of my one of my best memories of music because the first because we hadn't played out. We we
0: I feel like I've heard of that band. I feel like I've seen you back in the day.
1: You might have. But we we built it up without playing any shows for a while. And uh, we finally came out with this show at the Kitty Cat Club. And there was 200 people there easily. Wow. And the, the, when we finished that first song, everybody just screamed. And mm. I just remember I still remember that really well it was an amazing feeling
0: oh that's beautiful
1: and uh, yeah and that Dr. Dog show had about 250 people there too that cool. was a nice one but uh, no the Reverie show that was all me or I mean that was all other bands too but I just that was that was something special that place yeah. was special we yeah. had some amazing shows it was there. a good
0: send off it was a good oh
1: and then we moved to Pimento
0: yeah I remember Pimento and
1: that was that was an amazing shit show.
0: <laughs>
1: like it was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. And we got music started there and played some great shows with like I that, remember
0: when you were in the back too, right? Yeah. For the, the opening. That was
1: that was the main reason was that patio they had out back, which could have been better managed and they could have done things in a way I really felt like that patio should have been like the hidden spot for the best place in Minneapolis to see a show yeah like that patio from, is
0: so great
1: yeah where people from like LA and New York would be like well when you go to Minneapolis you have to go to this place because this is the hidden gem yeah and
0: then people from all over came to play for you yeah, right because no, you have did. friends
1: we have we had some amazing shows there I remember mm-hmm. a Tubby Love show Tubby Love and Amber Lily show that I mean there must have been like 300 people there yeah. On a Monday night it's so a pretty good
0: I always like to just be like it's Monday night, let's go see a show at Pimento.
1: Yeah. It was it was nice.
0: You were there for what, three years? Two and a half. Two and a half, okay.
1: Yeah. And then COVID hit. And then it was really weird for a while.
0: Did you miss some Mondays with yeah. COVID? I oh, would definitely. imagine. But and I mean like I would but you started to do like the live streaming, that's when that became a thing for yeah. you. Yeah.
1: And that was a lot of John Marin and Joe Scarpolino's help. Cool. Because that was during the time when Annie was getting, she was getting her feeling back, but she was still paralyzed.
0: Yeah. Annie Annie is his girlfriend. Yeah.
1: She, uh, right before COVID, on Valentine's Day, actually, is the day that she said she can't feel her hands. And we went to the hospital and she got diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. And lost completely lost the use of her arms and legs yeah and so we spent six days in the hospital getting treatment for that and then we came back to my apartment and uh we were just alone in my apartment and we got a wheelchair donated by nikita which i really thank you for that
0: thanks nikita
1: and um six days later covid happened yeah and then it was just all the doctors canceled their appointments and we were just alone she was paralyzed <sighs> and i just remember turning everything off in my brain just every everything that i had moved everything that i did for myself i turned off because i just really wanted to put every drop of energy i had into her right and it's it's been two let's see we're in almost in march now but it was on valentine's day that it happened so we're past the two-year mark and she can move her fingers and arms and legs and she can play guitar there's still a lot of back and forth when it comes to like how this affects her yeah but she is better and i'm really thankful for that
0: yeah i am too she's a great person and she's very talented and she's super strong um, and for that to happen to anybody, the tiny—it's oh, yeah. a tiny percentage that happens to people too, right?
1: Yeah, Jeez, I mean, it's, it's rare. It's getting—it's getting more well known. I just—I think it's been happening more, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's been happening for about seventy years. I actually read something about who was it—is it Teddy Roosevelt or who was who had polio? I can't remember what president had polio.
0: I think it was Teddy Roosevelt. I but think. they
1: said that. He might have been misdiagnosed with polio and had Guillain-Barre, oh. but they didn't really know about it back then.
0: Interesting.
1: But, yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know, it's a, it's a terrible thing.
0: Wow. And how do you get it? There's, it's unknown.
1: It's, it's um, yeah, when your body, uh, when you're healing from, a, like, a virus sometimes your body gets confused and keeps kicking out white blood cells
0: oh and they
1: start they don't have anything to fight anymore and they start eating your
0: nerves
1: (gasps) and eventually you're left with no nerve function which is how you lose we're actually really lucky that we brought her into the hospital when we did because the next phase after it takes your arms and your legs is your central nervous system and your basically she would have most people that wait too long have to have to be on a respirator or have to rele- right, because re- your lungs yeah and- they have to relearn how to breathe so they spend Ugh. like six months in the hospital
0: thank God there's you <laughs>
1: well we were lucky
0: everybody in this world is happy that you're here <laughs>
1: we were lucky to catch it when we did
0: yeah um that's amazing no that whole story too with um you and Annie Annie's journey I say you and Annie because you were there for it and you were a big help and Oh, I'm so glad that she's getting better. I mean, she, she's better,
1: right? Yeah, she is. It's still, I mean, there's, it's so hard to put it. It's so hard to like clearly make out what it is because even though she's better, like she gets exhausted from doing stuff. Yeah. Like there's a mental toll that this has all taken to. Yeah. That, um, yeah, it's it just has a lot of ups and downs like right now like she's better but if she does too much she'll just be worn out if uh if something I mean she's younger and I don't understand but a lot of young people have either committed suicide or overdosed like it seems like a huge amount like I don't know that many people I know I have a lot of friends who have died but not anything compared to what when I was in my 20s, there was maybe one person. Yeah. But she, during COVID, it was every other week oh. somebody who was very special to her would die. So, like,
0: somebody, wow, I actually haven't even thought about that. I bet they're, the younger generation is struggling with mental, like, I guess, not mentalist, but depression and anxiety with all of this. Because I, I do feel lucky that we're older during this because we're we don't feel like we're missing out on anything. We're mature enough to see what's happening and not yeah. have, like, a, a overly emotional reaction like it's the end of the world.
1: Yeah. Well, I've, because had to this, wa- I've had to watch...
0: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, watch her go through... Grief is something that destroys when it comes to, like, your nervous system working properly. Like, if you just have this terrible crying and painful like sadness like mentally it cuts off your ability to use like she'll go back right into like not being able to use her hands or Are not you being serious? able to use her legs and when she i mean during during 2021 it was like one of her closest friends and one of her closest friends that she was growing up with and then one of her biggest musical influences and then, like three weeks later, it was like this like brother and her like nearly a brother to her like close friend from her family growing up and then and then Max Graham, who was actually the person who kind of introduced us mm-hmm. it was at pimento, he came out to play a show, and she had come along with oh, wow. with people he was playing with and i that's when we met that's the night we met it was through Carrie joy and, and he
0: overdosed
1: um yeah he actually committed suicide oh
0: my gosh
1: and he was He's my favorite band. yeah kind country he was my favorite he had become the best in my mind the best musician in Minneapolis um, over the course of watching him for like eight years at only every Monday he played oh. he played monthly for a long long time and I'm
0: so sorry yeah
1: it was really hard because he was also a huge influence <clears throat> on her
0: mm-hmm. and it was
1: it was like eight days after one of her best friends had died. And we had gone to his funeral, and, like, we were finally starting to come out. She was her, mm-hmm. her fingers were working again, her, her and she was able to walk again. And then I got a call that, that had happened with Max, and uh, I don't. it just kept happening to people that she knew and close people that she knew, and uh, that would always bring it back. And, uh, Gosh. yeah,
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's super sad, but it's also very interesting what our body does. So, like, feelings are, like, physical. It's crazy. Like, your whole body is affected yeah, by stress and feelings super, and heartbreak. Like, I, and
1: pain, like, that mental pain with her would just bring it right back. Mm-hmm. And we had to deal with that a lot, and I couldn't imagine, but... She has been through so much when it comes to the grief she's gone oh, through.
0: poor thing.
1: Yeah. And I just tried to help.
0: And you've been an amazing person for her in all of this, which is... Thank you. I mean, you're an amazing person. You're a great person. You're an amazing person. Aw, uh, thank you. Um, fired up, we are back. And we have, we have one of Jeff's favorite foods... Which is chocolate? Chocolate. I'm gonna open up this one. I'm really excited. I love lemon. And I got chocolate and lemon pepper. I've never had such a combination in my life.
1: I'm actually interested. Yeah, to, let's try it. Let's see.
0: Mmm. Mmm.
1: It's a lot of lemon. Is it a lot? No, I mean it's very good. It's just very lemony chocolate.
0: I like it. It's interesting. What a weird combo.
1: It is. It works really well, though. Mm Mhm. Yeah, I go through a lot of chocolate.
0: (laughs) You do? (coughs) That's probably why you're so happy. (laughs) Chocolate is instant endorphins. The second it it hits your tongue.
1: It is. Mm. I eat lots of it.
0: I can't share with Nellie, because Nellie can't have chocolate. It's poisonous for puppies. But have you always been really into chocolate? Sorry, we're chewing. I mm-hmm. asked him while he had chocolate. That's like rude of me. Don't ask somebody about chocolate while they're eating chocolate. <laughs> no, I
1: I think I had a lot of... Uh, acne when I was younger and I thought that was the cause of it. Oh. So I didn't eat a lot of chocolate when I was younger. But at some point in time I just decided I didn't care and then it all went away. Yeah. And
0: uh, I thought chocolate was good for your I know I've heard that, but like I thought chocolate itself like cocoa or like the is it cacao?
1: I think it is good. I think it is good for it.
0: Yeah. It's good for your skin. I think it's all the stuff they add to it, like the sugars and I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Chocolate, coffee and smoking.
0: Oh, that's great. I like things. I mean, those things. not that smoking is good for you. No. But I love chocolate and coffee together. <gasps> mm. Me too. Okay, what is your favorite coffee shop? Well,
1: oh, Cafeto.
0: Yeah, me too. I love Cafetto. Because Brent was on here. Mm. Was he? Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: He's so great. Do you like Brent? I do. Yeah, me too. We go
1: pretty far back. Yeah, we don't hang out enough. Yeah, we always say that we will. Like when we see each other, we we'll always talk about. Like, yeah, we should get together and do something. We. Yeah.
0: I played pinball with him. We got a little crazy with the pull tabs because when you put two people that love pull tabs in the <laughs> same room with pull tabs, it gets expensive. That's funny. <laughs> We were just like all of our money just flew out of our pockets, but it was fun. It was good old fun, but, and pinball is fun. Do you play pinball there ever? Here and
1: there. I love that downstairs. Yeah. That's actually a place, we went, me and Annie and her friend Kayla went down there and did a photo shoot. I love that. It was amazing. I've done a few
0: photo shoots down there. It's really cool. Yeah.
1: Like that's as cool a place to do a photo shoot as there is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool in their basement. If you haven't been to Cafetto's basement, it's pretty neat. Nally caught... Oh, wait, never mind. I won't tell you this story. <laughs> Nally hangs out there. Nice. She, She. uh yeah, Cafeto's her place. She grew up there as a puppy, always going there. I remember, like, I was trying... Because I was really... You know, I, you get a puppy and they're, like, full of energy and they get into everything. And I was trying to teach her to just chill with me. Like, I was trying to get this out of, like like a six-year-old dog out of, like, a 10-week-old <laughs> puppy, and it it's it wasn't working right. And so I had her in my lap, and I had my headphones in, and I was petting her. I thought she had a bone, so she was occupied. And I'm listening to music, uh, probably editing some photos, and all of a sudden my music just cut out. And I look, and she just bit through my headphones. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, my God. That was expensive. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh.
1: She's really sweet.
0: And oh Nelly, Nelly, no. Yeah. I thought she was being so good chewing on her bone, but it was my it was my the headphones. Difference. She was and chewing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great place to like immerse a dog in social.
0: Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Cafeto is kid friendly, dog friendly, and people friendly.
1: Yeah, it's a great coffee shop. hmm. You will enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you guys did a few shows at their craft fair. Is it true that they – didn't they have, like, a craft fair now or something? Or, um, or are yeah. they doing the indoor one? Or
1: they, I remember they did one last year. I didn't do that one. I threw, a, I threw two of them or one of them. I think one of them I threw, and one of them I just booked the music for. Okay. Because – I can deal with musicians. Yeah. Like, for some reason, everybody thinks musicians are the hardest things to deal with, which they are.
0: <laughs> yes, they are.
1: But I've just i I've gotten it to a point now where I just confirm things on a text message with my bands, and everybody shows up and is very professional and does oh, cool. their job. And I don't have any problem with that. But the, the dealing with the artists yeah. was just nightmare for me. Like it was so many emails and so many questions and so many kind of confirmations and then so many people didn't show up.
0: Oh.
1: That I was like, I'm not doing artists again.
0: Really? Which
1: I always invite if anybody ever wants but to do. Don't they pay for that? They do, but it really wasn't worth it. No matter no matter <laughs> what they'd pay, like it mm. wouldn't be worth it to me to to deal with a bunch of artists again. That said, if anybody ever wants to come out and do some art at Mondays or some vending at Mondays... Can I do it? Oh, yeah. I would love that. Like, I'm always open to that.
0: I want to do that.
1: I'm always open to that. And I. so many people have came out at, like, bigger shows and talked to me for, like, an hour about how they're so excited about it and how they're going to bring in. Their, and they never show up.
0: Me and another girl always share a booth at art craft fairs and stuff and we have some really cool stuff i would be really cool if me and her could come do that Oh, no, i
1: would love that i would love that and like there's no percentage i don't i don't take anything the bar doesn't take anything I'm just happy to have you there oh. and like i'll even get you some drinks and oh. like yeah you're welcome anytime
0: that sounds great excuse me Oh. Mm-hmm. But I'm drinking kombuches. Okay. I knew this was a bad idea. No more. I'll wait till the end. Oh, chocolate. I love it. At first I thought that was like an S D card that you're like I was like, what? Oh. It's chocolate. Mm-hmm. i I take too many photos with S D cards that now I'm seeing it everywhere. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's awesome. I would be really excited about doing that. Yeah. What do you what do you think about um like, where do you think that your future will go with music? Because this is not all. Like, you work for your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the family
1: optical store. Solomon yeah, I Optical. Love that.
0: That's so cool. What's it called? Say it again.
1: Solomon Optical.
0: Cool. And Scott Seekins, Oh yeah. He, um, he modeled for you.
1: Yeah, he's he gets his glasses there. A lot of people get their glasses there.
0: When I need glasses, I'll get them there. You I've never ever owned. Actually, I lied. I've had one pair of glasses. Actually, I think I'm about due. Where do I go to get my script?
1: Well, we've had it. We always had a doctor because my grandpa started the place and he was a doctor. And uh, when he finally stopped working, uh, we just had other doctors come through. Yeah. But during COVID is when we just stopped the whole doctor thing. Sure and uh, we haven't figured that out yet as far as how we're going to do it in the future yeah. right now we're just selling glasses and contacts so I'd send some i'd send you somewhere else to get your exam and okay. have you come to us for the glasses
0: well unfortunately i don't have insurance <laughs> so when i do i will definitely come to you but i don't really have glass like i just have i just have editing glasses wow that really worked out whoa <laughs> I think I just got this too full I just made I just spilled sorry that's what we're doing over here I just built <laughs> some tea on myself um but yeah um I don't I I have pretty good vision but the older I get the less good it gets it
1: seems to happen yeah
0: so and I swear my phone's trying to kill me <laughs> will kill my eyesight that's
1: something that's an interesting thing that people in the optical industry know about but Right now, everybody is a test subject for, uh, so blue light came about in, I think it was 2001 or 99, when they started making screens with LED lights, Yeah. which emit blue light, which normally you see blue light from the sun, Yeah, and until we started with the screens, because once the screens started, your TV, your computer, your phone, your tablet, all those things became blue light. Based So instead of getting your blue light from the sun, which if you're in the optical, you know that after about 60 years of walking around in sunlight and just basically human life, your eyes start to develop these things from all the blue light they see, the cataracts, macular degeneration start to happen. You get cataracts and it's like a cover to block that blue light. But that usually happens when you're in your 60s and in the optical industry we know that everybody is being exposed to this huge amount of blue light that is unprecedented never happened before and we don't know what's going to happen nobody knows what's going to happen but we're imagining that kids that start with screens at a young age are going to start developing macular degeneration in their 20s and 30s and get cataracts in their 20s and 30s and really hurt their eyes and we're not positive nobody's positive about it but it's this like
0: i know my eyes are really messed up from being working on phones and computers all day
1: i think everybody's are but it's this huge thing where we're like we're all test subjects in this how are we going to react to this led thing it's kind of like the vape thing where we're all kind of test subjects to see what the long-term damage is from it Oh. We're all test subjects. The entire world is when it comes to this.
0: It's always, it's always going to be like that for something, right? Yeah. That we invent. This blue light thing is a big one. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought that the thing that you put on your hat to weigh it forward would make you crazy? <laughs> like Mercury. <laughs> and now we're dealing with screens.
1: Yeah. I think we're in a better place now, but we still are all test subjects in this crazy life seeing what's gonna happen
0: what if like what if this blue light actually like makes us like depressed or something oh, or, like i think
1: it could be i mean
0: or, like mental illness or like
1: definitely the screens are doing something like it's a very odd thing
0: would you think we're addicted to it I mean, of course, we're addicted, we're addicted to the. Phones. I wonder. I
1: wonder how much it's dumbing us down as humans. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when I was younger, not younger, younger, but like when I saw *Idiocracy*, yeah. I was like, "Well, that's a possibility." Yeah. But it didn't seem like a reality, and now it it seems like it's just hit the nail right on the head.
0: So I think I think the. We feel smarter because information is easily accessible, but yeah, I think, let's take that away. I think let's take it away. Can you build a, dumber. can you build a house and survive? Can you figure out how to stay warm? Can you figure out how to s- find food, eat food? We don't have a grocery store. Can Google where to go. Yeah. Do you know how to get anywhere?
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know I, how to build a, build a vehicle? Do you know how to work on a vehicle?
1: Yeah. Do you know how to preserve food?
0: Yeah. Do you know how to grow food
1: without Googling it?
0: Yeah. Do you know how to grow food? Do you know how to? I have to say it. Do you know how to cook food? <laughs> I mean, some people don't even go that far. But yeah, the HelloFresh
1: Fresh thing is, um, or those uh, those don't uh, I, mean to don't mean to put down it. they sponsoring. Don't like them. I don't either it's terrifying my
0: friend keep try to cancel and she keeps getting boxes and boxes of stuff that just go bad because she doesn't really cook anything weird and I'm like dude just use the ingredients that and well, make yeah. whatever you want rip open the ingredients I mean,
1: some one of Annie's roommates got that and I was just dumbfounded as to like so I think they were paying like thirty dollars a meal or something around that price and I was just blown away but I was like it's like $5 worth of stuff that you could go buy at the grocery store and you'd have all these extra ingredients, yeah. like all these extra things.
0: I don't get that. I, it, it, actually, my friend and she's like, come on, let's go make a meal at hello fresh. I'm like, you have like one clove of garlic that you're supposed to cut up. And I'm like, why have a clove when you can have the whole yeah, you can bundle, go make
1: this you can like, it's for a lot less money.
0: I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I love it. I love cooking. Like, Again, I don't, well, I am also don't like being told what to do, so I don't like to read, like, yeah, the instructions. And I'm like, this is dumb. This is bland. We need to add this. We need to get this. We need to add more of this. Like, I'm like, and the garlic thing, come on. Who uses one, like, little clove of garlic in a pasta for three? You need, like, five. Yeah.
1: That's
0: <laughs> but but, but yeah, that's then. just, you know, me, because I like the garlic-heavy stuff.
1: That's another one of these things where, I I don't know. I, I feel think like that's we're going to die down. though. I think I'll really fresh my I out. thought it was immediately, but it seems like it's gaining power which I just don't understand. Like it's so easy to go to a grocery store and just buy some food. I, I Man, mean, so going to a cheaper. grocery
0: store and buying food is already like a ridiculous luxury that blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Do you know? should, yeah, no, I've always said that, So like, now
0: we have, like, the portions and, like, the instructions mailed to us? No! Yeah, that's so... close because come on, you're pump incapable the
1: of just doing it on your own. It's just a crazy thing.
0: And we don't have, like, YouTube to tell us exactly how to make it or how to do it. Mm-hmm. We just need it. Yeah, that's... It's too much.
1: Always, I've said for a while that, like, any king or queen from any time in history would gladly change places with any... Like middle class person nowadays. Yeah. For all the benef- all the advantages that we
0: have. Why do you think we call each other queen? <laughs> hey, queen. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. We are, we are comfy, comfy. But don't get too comfy because it's not going to be like this forever. So you better learn how to grow food because the phone. The internet's gonna die. Just yeah, kidding. I'm yeah, getting conspiracy. That's a, that's a terrifying
1: thought. But <laughs> I, I love was, the internet I was thinking that this Russia thing as it's built up over the past couple of months, I was like I was just thinking that Russia's gonna go to war and then we're gonna get involved in this war and then everybody's gonna be talking and then COVID's just gonna disappear from like anybody's minds. And we're all gonna be talking about how nice it was during COVID and how peaceful and calm it was during COVID. And I can't believe that's a thing, but it's gonna, I feel like it's happening.
0: I'm gonna have to interrupt you. All right, sorry, I just get, I have to, we can't manifest stuff, okay? (laughs) I'm scared. I'm just really scared. I like talking about this stuff really makes me freaked out for the future. Yeah. Are you?
1: Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, I feel like now that's happening, where, like, COVID's kind of disappearing and this war thing is growing. I don't think it'll go that far.
0: Yeah, I haven't really heard much about COVID, and it's winter, and about a month ago it was everywhere, and now it's like I walk into a store and I'm like, oh, I almost forgot to mask up. And it's like half the people aren't, and it's like... Have you forgot already? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know. I try to wear a mask um, just because I feel like a lot, like you go into a place and nobody's wearing a mask and you feel like you're out of place. So a, a lot of people will take theirs off because they don't feel like they're, so I just wear mine. Because I'm like I really don't care what you guys think. You should never care what people think.
0: I hate how people follow. But I want people to like
1: feel comfortable
0: if they want to wear a mask. mask That's why, yeah. In a place where
1: nobody's wearing it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So I'll wear it when nobody's wearing it, just in case people are like, I don't know, it doesn't feel right to be the only one.
0: I really hate what I've. I mean, this hasn't happened a lot, but I've been to places like down south, like traveling and during COVID, and then at like friends' house and like. Southern, I was going to say where, but then I'm like, I only have one friend that lives there, so it would be obvious. <laughs> but, like, I'd go to out there and their, like, husband would be like, oh, you can take that shit off. And it's like, oh, thanks for your permission. Like, I'm wearing it because I thought I was supposed to around you. Like, obviously I'm wearing it because I want to. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a really. it's been a really weird time. I'm very happy that, uh, you know, actually, I think if we get past that, and there's nothing like like that back running the country. We'll move into a somewhat prosperous time. That was a really so. that a really rough four years.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been rough for everybody. Really
1: weird time. i
0: do you ever notice that like the world snowballs, like if 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 like the world is suffering or even your country is suffering, like even little things in your life start to crumble. And then yeah. like family members, friends, and then everybody's affected. Just a giant snowball. Yeah. It doesn't really help. Cops are kind of acting out too. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a crazy thing. Minneapolis is dealing with.
0: I just, I just, my mind is so blown. Like, by all the stuff that everyone has dealt with in the past four years, personally, yeah, and the wider it's scale, been everything. A
1: crazy thing. Uptown has definitely changed.
0: Yeah, Uptown. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so different. You don't even
0: live there anymore, do you? No. Me neither. After it's like
1: a decade of living there.
0: Same. Like, it's just not the same. There's yeah, no point.
1: It's not safe. Yeah. Not like it was. It's still safe, but it's just not like it was.
0: Yeah. No.
1: And, uh,. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but we still love Cafetto, mm-hmm. the old Leaning Tower of Pizza. Yeah. Um. Nightingale and their oysters. Mm, Nightingale's great. I'm so glad. There's like we got to start thinking about the things that haven't changed that I really like or that we really like, and I'm really happy about Nightingale's oysters.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I like that place.
0: Yeah. And the fact that only every Monday is it's still, going still going on, going strong. hell yeah! I used to when you guys were doing the live. I used to stream it on my TV and stand on my coffee table and dance. Oh, I did because I was stuck inside. Those were the good days. <laughs> I mean, it was a good day. That wasn't. Those weren't the good those days. The <laughs> those good were days. definitely not the good days. But that was those a good day on a COVID. bad day. <laughs> Such a uh, Weird thing. I was happy because I felt like I was there again. But I will hopefully try to be there on Monday.
1: Yeah, anytime. Only every Monday, so Only it doesn't matter if you can't make it. It's just there for you if you ever need.
0: I love it. And Monday, who? Everybody needs a break on a Monday because Mondays are rough. Mm-hmm. And here's Jeff out there, turning your Mondays around, giving you an opportunity to listen to some good music and get rid of the case of the Mondays. The case of the Mondays has a whole new meaning now.
1: Yeah, it really has. I have worked. a
0: case of the Mondays in a good way, a good case. Need. Well, wow. <laughs> what's your favorite kind of chocolate? Do you have a brand?
1: Um, I don't really know. I just go. I mean, I just eat a lot of it. Like if okay. it's like the, like a bar of chocolate, like that will disappear. Oh, I I, I do that too. Home. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Are you gonna get any Girl Scout cookies? It's that time of the year.
1: I, is that I try? I try to stay away from the Girl Scout cookies. Certain things I don't know. I've gotten a little older, so I uh, try to keep my figure.
0: <laughs> um, and they don't
1: help that much because you can eat the whole thing in like five minutes.
0: Yeah, I've yeah I've eaten a whole box of Girl Scout cookies on a drive.
1: Yeah, it happens really fast.
0: Um, thin mints are my like. Do you like Thin Mints? Yeah, what's your
1: favorite? I like them all. I like the <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate ones.
0: Oh yeah, I heard those, those are really ones good. Those ones
1: disappear really fast.
0: Yeah. Oh um, yeah, they go fast, right? They're hard to get. I mean, I, I mean, I, like no, you I just eat them, eat them fast. but I heard they're hard to get because hmm. people like them. I don't know. Maybe there's just like one girl was out of them.
1: Well, downtown, there's always people that start showing up. With little tables selling a whole bunch of Girl Scout cookies.
0: Gosh, that industry, they probably make so much money. I think they do. Because, oh my God, how brilliant is that? Have a cute little girl. How can you say no to a little girl? They found like the one human on this planet that nobody can say no to.
1: Sure, I'd love to. Why not? bring a puppy along you're gonna win
0: stop they are so brilliant of oh yeah but i do it i do it this cute little girl came into the bar last night Well, restaurant i shouldn't just call it a bar (laughs) and i know her my friend's daughter and she was like so cute and shy she was like i have i'm gonna be selling girl scout cookies and i'm just like oh Yes, I want everything. What do you want? Here, here's my credit card. Yeah, yeah, take here, what take, you want. Just write me
1: down for whatever just you si- need.
0: Just sign, up for, sign yourself up for college, too, while you're at... <laughs> I don't have that much money in my car. But <laughs> oh, I would if I could. She was so cute. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just... Um, I try to stay away from the cookies, too, every year. But if someone asks me, I have to do it. I'll
1: definitely take some. I'll definitely get some this year. But I'll try to stay away.
0: But if a cute girl protests you, you can't say no.
1: You just have to. God, I wish it was, like, towards something
0: else, though. I don't know what... I don't actually look into what it goes for. But I wish it was, like, more for, like... I don't know. Their teachers... To get paid more, <laughs> like yeah, you know, or something like
1: that would be a good shift. If you were buying Girl Scout cookies to like to fund teachers, to, yeah, help schools out. Yeah, but maybe they are. I, I don't. I don't into actually it. know what they do. I have not looked into I it.
0: I was a Girl Scout. I used to sell them. How come I don't? I I didn't know then. I don't know now. Mm-hmm. Like they, did these little girls even know why they're selling them? They must. They must try to educate them.
1: Well, that's a good question.
0: I'm sure it goes somewhere good. I would hope so, or else we're gonna have to boycott
1: them. <laughs> well, it seems to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not enough people get outraged.
0: Teachers need to get paid more, though. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that's, The teachers are. Did you hear about the teachers are going on strike in Minneapolis school oh, district?
1: Really, I did not hear that.
0: Yeah, they're gonna be, most likely be going on strike, and uh, it's crazy. They only get paid. Like uh, a special needs teacher who were, like wiping, wiping butts of children and being there like twenty four seven for the special needs, get twenty five k a insane. year. That's insane.
1: Yeah, that's not right. I've always said I've always thought that like government should put money into teachers' salaries, yeah. like just to just to get better teacher, better people. Yes. Coming in and have people more dedicated to it and more into it. But, like, yeah, Your if you Teachers
0: should not have to be driving Uber and, no, like,
1: yeah, on the no, weekend. You should be able to concentrate on being teachers a teacher. A teacher. Being proud of it and just having that be what you do so you focus on that.
0: Stress and crabbiness is not good. At- and you're not helping by not paying them enough.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're just making the kids.
0: stressed out, crabby. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying that that fuels it by not yeah. having enough money. It's not even just like being rich, like that's not a livable wage.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. It's not at all.
0: You're talking not just come in, teach a class and leave grades and papers. You're talking like I have to walk with this person, you know, make sure they're doing what they need, cleaning them up, like special need. Like, that's, yeah, I've anyways. Wondered,
1: I've wondered about that and just thought if that was one of the reasons for this downfall of intelligence. As you said, the people that are supposed to be guiding you really have no motivation to do it.
0: Right, they need that.
1: Except if they're just really strong internally and are like, this is what I need to do, regardless of if I have to work a second or third job to do it. I mean, that just seems insane.
0: Yeah, I know. My kindergarten teacher was really mean to me, and that affected me for my whole life. Like, I think I'm still affected by it. You know, like, it's an impressionable age.
1: Yeah. You need to have teachers that are in a good, good place. Yeah. Just mentally, financially, just stable places where they can focus on being teachers.
0: Yeah. Totally. And I love that we're having this conversation. Neither of us are a teacher. (laughs) <laughs> we don't know them.
1: I don't know I anything just, about it.
0: I work at the restaurant. I work with a lot of teachers. So I hear about it. And I'm just blown away by what they say. I'm like,
1: yeah. wow. No, that would be a good place to take some of that defense budget and put it into.
0: Yeah. Education. Because, well, I wonder, too. It's interesting mm-hmm. because now kids are learning mostly self-learn from the Internet. Again, take that away and we lose our teachers, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it sucks, but if we're not paying teachers enough and they're going on strike and then we have like online classes and I don't know, whatever.
1: That's a crazy thing.
0: What is this world that we live in? <laughs> Anyways, well, I feel like we talked about a lot. We ended with a little bit of conspiracy mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was fun, and like I said before, it's hard to get you in here. It was nice. You're um, a busy man.
1: Well, sometimes.
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, snow will all melt, and we'll all be busy. I hope so. Having a good time.
0: Oh, yeah! I like that. Let's get busy having a good time instead of trying to get to point A to point B without dying on the roads. Yeah. No, it's not that bad, but well, thanks for hanging out Thank with me. Thank you,
1: Britly. It's so nice.
0: Yeah, you're my favorite. You're my
1: favorite. I miss seeing you around. I know. We still do, but it's not like before.
0: We have to like put effort in. I know. It's annoying. I don't
1: mind putting effort in.
0: I don't either, and it's really not that hard. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, I guess this is it.
1: Well, I want to thank you so much because uh, this has been so much fun to talk to you, and I think I got a lot out. I always wanted to tell that story, I'm at least excited. record that story. and yeah, yeah, this has been a really good time. And, uh, Brittley, you are amazing.
0: Oh, you're and amazing.
1: This has been Jeffrey Fishbine.
0: Hey, Britly.
1: Just uh, having a really nice sunny Saturday.
0: It is sunny. And have a good week, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and oh. there we go. That's the what I want.